are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Poo boy. Welcome in to our number two of the show. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Pay attention to that phone number. It changed on you. If you're on the live thread uh, or on the live stream, take a look at the bottom of the screen there. See it scrolling. Three digits are different. Still 105.9, but you got to call 897-1059. You can be a part of the show that way on the Divinity Equipment phone line. If you're listening, jot it down. 897-1059. That's the number to call. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire. Customer Inspire. Check them out at cspire.com. You know what inspires me? Well, good food, good people. I'm inspired by all of that. I also get a little bit inspired when I get to watch some college football. Now, this is different. I told you you've got the JUCO National Championship game. It's supposed to be on TV tonight on ESPNU. 7 o'clock Central Time kick. They're playing it at War Memorial Stadium in Little Rock. East Mississippi Community College versus Iowa somebody. But the bowl games begin this weekend. This Saturday is when the whole bowl schedule uh, gets going. And somebody has a question. Why doesn't Mississippi have a bowl game? Why is Mississippi not hosting a bowl game? I'm coming back to the text message that I got on the subject on the country-pleasing text line. Also Saturday, you've got the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game. Uh, Southern Miss is hosting it this year. Uh, Yeah, so all the bowl games begin this Saturday. So you got ESPN and ABC uh, hosting every game that's going to be on television this Saturday. So it starts at uh, 10 a.m. Central, Georgia Southern and Ohio in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. And then at 11 a.m. on Saturday, you get Howard versus Florida A&M in the Cricket Celebration Bowl in Atlanta. Then at 1.15, the New Orleans Bowl. You know, that used to be the one every year that Southern Miss played Louisiana Lafayette. Well, this year Lafayette's playing Jacksonville State in the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. 1.15 Saturday, ESPN. 2.30 on ABC, you get the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. <laughs> it's a good cause now. Listen, it's a Cure Bowl. It's just the name of the game is the Avocados from Mexico. Cure Bowl. It's Miami versus App State. Miami of Ohio, by the way, they're 11 and 2. App State from the Sun Belt, 8 and 5. And they are actually favored in the game. Saturday afternoon, 445 on ESPN. It's the Aleta New Mexico Bowl. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it is the New Mexico Bowl. It's in Albuquerque. What is it, Bugs used to say? Knew I should have taken that right turn at Albuquerque. Uh, it's the New Mexico Bowl is New Mexico State versus Fresno State. 8-15 Saturday night on ESPN in Shreveport, Louisiana at Independence Stadium. It is the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl between Cal and Texas Tech. A couple of 6-6 six and six teams, but that'll be 8-15 uh, Saturday night from Shreveport. 
I don't think it's going to snow on them this time. And then, how about this one? In Inglewood, California, at SoFi Stadium, for us here in the southeast, it is an 11.30 p.m. kickoff. 11.30 p.m. kickoff. The L.A. Bowl between UCLA and Boise State. <laughs> I will not see one single solitary play of that live due to the late nature of that one. No games on Sunday. You get a game on Monday and all this kind of stuff. Tuesday and then Thursday. and then Here we go. It's almost like daily bowl games, but we're going to have a handful of them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games on Saturday, starting at 1030 in the morning all the way to 1130 at night, alternating on ESPN and ABC throughout the day. So let me read you a text here. On the country-pleasing text line from an unnamed texter, it says, So, on December 23rd, there are three bowl games in Alabama. December 23rd, three games in Alabama. The Birmingham Bowl, they got a new stadium over there. It's no longer uh, Legion Field. It's the new one they built across the highway. The Camellia Bowl, that's in Montgomery, and the Ventures Bowl in Mobile. So in Mobile, it's either Lad People Stadium or the new South Alabama Stadium, one or the other. The Camellia Bowl on the 23rd, that's in Montgomery. That's at Crampton Bowl. It's C-R-A-M-P-T-O-N, Crampton Bowl. Played high school games in there 30 years ago. Uh... The texter says, what does Mississippi have to do to get a game? It says, for the longest time we couldn't host due to the state flag. But since that's changed, Mississippi can host, and surely Alabama doesn't need three games. It says, I know the vet isn't in great shape, but it can't be any worse than the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery. And here's what I would say. I have not actually been to Crampton Bowl in, in several years you know, maybe they've made great improvements to it. You know, my impression would be, no, <laughs> it's not any better of a venue. Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, it's a neat place, a lot of history there. You know, if, if you're old like me, you'll remember you used to have not only the Senior Bowl, but remember on Christmas Day for all those years you had the Blue-Gray game? I know, the Kelly Tires Blue-Gray game. It was like a college all-star game, kind of like that. And that's where they played it every year was at Crampton Bowl. And when I was in, in high school in Prattville, just outside of Montgomery, during the holidays time, you'd be out of school, and the two teams, the blue-gray teams, it was basically a north-south team, they practiced out at, um, the, at Maxwell Air Force Base. They'd set up practice fields out there, you know, at the Air Force Base. We went and watched some practice one time. Um, and we'd go, I think it seemed like we went and watched the game, and normally we'd watch it on TV. What I do remember as a kid growing up before we moved close to Montgomery is every year my dad would try to time it out that he would go get a new set of Kelly tires at a certain time at the local you know, auto place or Kelly tires dealership in Russellville because when you did, you got a football. Because <laughs> they were the sponsor of the, the Kelly tires blue-gray game on Christmas Day. So they do this promotion every year. Get a set of tires and get a Kelly Tires Blue-Gray game 
football. That's how I'd get a foot, new football every year to play with. Is it came with a new set of tires. But uh, I digress. Okay, back to the point. It is, this is what I know. This is what I know. When you look around at some of the venues, okay, you know, you've got the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, uh, been hosting games forever in a, in a day. And, you know, I drove through there recently, and it, there, there's nothing shiny and new and special about it. It's just, it's, it's there, and they do a good job, I'm sure, the municipality of uh, putting up a game and attracting a game and living off, you know, the tradition they've built of always hosting an Independence Bowl. To the credit of the folks in those Alabama places, it's a football-crazy state, okay? Um, Population-wise, the state of Alabama, even though it's the same geographic size, it doubles the population size of the state of Mississippi. It's a little different deal. There's more money there. Okay, but you have the old – you used to have the old stadium in Mobile. Again, I don't know if the one in Mobile is hosted – I could look it up, I guess. Let's see here. I don't, I don't know if it's – See, the Birmingham Bowl is no longer Legion Field. It is the new stadium built across over there by Top Golf. That's the new UAB home field. It's where they play the XFL and do the high school state championship games there. It's really nice. Uh, Crampton Bowl is an 11 a.m. deal. They've played it at night uh, recently. Um, let me see, Mobile. They're playing it at, okay, Hancock Whitney Stadium, which is my understanding then. That's the new home stadium for South Alabama that was built very recently. That's not Lab Peebles anymore, where they used to host the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star Game every year in Mobile at Lab Peebles, not anymore. Um, maybe they still do the the Senior Bowl at Lab Peebles in Mobile. I don't know. Maybe they do it here. But this is the new South Alabama home stadium. In fact, South Alabama is playing in its own bowl game <laughs> on the 23rd in its own stadium, playing against Eastern Michigan, two six and six teams. Uh, also, to point out, regarding Crampton Bowl in Montgomery. It would be the oldest of these venues hosting bowl games in Alabama for sure. But Chuck comments here on the Murray West live thread, and he says it was renovated in 2011 uh, to the tune of $10 million. So whether that's parking, paving, pressure washing, painting, seats, suites, I don't know, but it's something. You know, it's, At least it's something. And I don't know how far you'd have to go back to find a time when, and maybe y'all can help me. I, I don't know one way or the other. I just don't know how far you'd have to go back for Veterans Memorial here in Jackson to find a time when $10 million was was poured into updating it. However, I still will say, yeah, I, look, to the point of the texture, if the state of Alabama, the city of Montgomery, or whoever it is, at that stadium at Crampton Bowl, which is a multi-use stadium. I mean, like, bunches of high schools are using it for its home games throughout the year, and it's been that way for 30 years. If they can put together a package, a bid package for a bowl game, lock it into either a television tie-in with ESPN or a conference tie-in, however they do it, and attract and have a bowl game that kicks off sometime in December at 11 a.m., I know any of these things are easier said than done, but if they can do it there in Montgomery, there is no question that Jackson could do it at that stadium. That's what I think. I don't think there's any question they could do it. 
Now, would it take some people who are bulldog, dogged, determined to make it happen and will not ever take no for an answer from anybody and eat, sleep, and breathe until they get it done? Yeah, that's what it'll take. Because, you know, me and you standing here talking about it on the radio is not going to get anything off the ground. The teams in that game in Montgomery this year, it's 11 a.m. kick, December 23rd. It's Arkansas State and Northern Illinois. Now, I don't know. Maybe there is a Sunbelt Mac tie-in. Maybe that's what that is. Seems like it, maybe it's been that way in years past. Like I say, I, I've seen some years when they've played it at night. That's two six and six teams: Arkansas State, Northern Illinois. I, I um, you know, again, there, there's going to be all kinds of financials, and you know, hotel tie-ins, local event tie-ins. The biggest thing to me, though, like, again, to the texter who said, you know, Mississippi can host one and surely Alabama doesn't need three. Well, it doesn't have to be a trade-off. It's my understanding. Yeah, there's a certain threshold of number of games, bowl game, postseason bowl games, and it's kind of supported by a roundabout number of teams that will be bowl eligible. But as we see, every year there are five and seven teams that get invited to fill the slots they already have. And ESPN does not care. I've told you this. From a television standpoint, they will fund a new bowl game if you want one and can put it together and make it happen for your for your place because they just want the programming. They're like, well, there's only a certain number. So what? We'll send a five and 17. You know, there's a way to do a six and six. I don't know that it necessarily has to be a trade-off where somebody's got to lose a game for you to be able to get one. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I don't think that's the case. Um, from a venue standpoint, if you can do it at Crampton Bowl, you can absolutely do it at Veterans Memorial. You have yourself a day game. There's plenty of parking. Get yourself a, a tie-in. You know, I don't know what you'd do with it. Celebrate something from Mississippi and then go get you a corporate sponsor. Call it the Blues Bowl, you know, and celebrate music in Mississippi and have a whole tie-in there. You know, give uh, the the winner, uh, <laughs> the winning team a big gold guitar. You know, I mean, there's something, there's absolutely something that you could do. The deal is, I don't, I don't know who, who is the person or the group of people that has to take on the project to decide we're going to get it done. Who are, who is that? Who's that entity? You know, is it a... Chamber of Commerce, Convention and Visitors Bureau type of group from Jackson? You know, is it, you know, some other form of a municipality? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I'd love to know your thoughts on it. Chuck has a good question on the uh, Murray West live thread. I told you this, by the way, since we're talking about bowls, Go look at the Murray West Instagram account. It's at Murray West Official. Give them a follow while you're there. They do great stuff. And you'll see why I'm telling you to go look at it as we talk bowls. They're a contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi, and they got a, some cool stuff they've been embroidering lately. So uh, check that out. Go look them up on Instagram, at Murray West Official. Chuck says, will expanding the playoff kill the bowl games at some point. Chuck, this came up the other day, and, and initially, without any other information than what's in front of us, I just don't think so. 
I don't think it'll kill it. And I think it goes straight back to television. That's the thing to me, the linchpin that holds all of it together, is look at it this way. What does ESPN as a broadcast entity, what do they survive on? They do not survive on revenue from talk shows. They do not survive on revenue. Revenue from talk shows, talking heads, it can be in the middle of the day, it can even be in prime time, but revenue from those things will not keep that company afloat for one day. What keeps, what, what they survive on is live sporting events. They know it. It's why they pay the amounts of money they would pay to somebody like the SEC or anybody else for the rights to broadcast their live sporting events it's because that's what they must have to survive that's why somebody like the sec had so much leverage in the contract negotiation they went to espn gave espn abc all of the sec programming and basically named their price and it's hundreds of millions of dollars more that espn is now paying the sec for it than what the sec was previously getting and the reason is because the sec knows Pretty much whatever price tag we put on it, they got to pay it. They got no choice. They don't have any leverage. Without us or another league or two, they're dead. Dead as a doornail. Will not survive one day on revenue from programming on ESPN other than live sporting events. It's a fact. So that's why we have 40 some odd bowl games and got 80 something teams going to it. Who broadcasts them? ABC, ESPN, ABC, ESPN, 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 ABC, ABC. The more programming, the better. Sure, no, I mean, Arkansas State versus Northern Illinois at 11 a.m. on December 23rd from Montgomery, two six and six teams. Sunbelt, Mac, it ain't going to draw a big crowd watching it, is it? It's not going to do a big rating number, no. <laughs> but it's the, it's the collective, the cumulative effect of ESPN as a TV plat- sports platform of having just a constant slate of bowl games for a month and a half. That's what they go sell. They're not selling one game. Half the sponsors, if not more, that are sold at the ESPN level that you will watch and see during that game in Montgomery on the 23rd, 11 a.m., it wasn't sold specifically to that game. They bought it for the whole thing. They got ads running in every bowl game they got. So... If ESPN could add one more, if you had a package and you said, here's when we'd like to have it, ballpark, you tell us what works for you, ESPN. We're going to do this. We're going to call it this. We're going to brand it as this. Bring teams. Here's where they're going to stay. Here's the events we got for them. You help us work out the deal with the leagues and the teams each year. We'll bring a game here. Put them in here. I don't care what the records are. We'll be happy to have it. We'll blow it up and promote it to you know what. And you come in and you got one more game to fill one more little time slot somewhere across your Month and a half worth of bowl game programming. The more, the merrier. Right, ESPN? Right. It could happen. And so, Chuck, that's my answer to you. Is I don't think expanding the playoff to 12 teams uh, kills the bowl. The bowls, like, they don't have any impact on anything anyway. 
I mean, it's just they're all consolation games. And they're filler for us while on December the 23rd, we're in the kitchen, you know, cleaning up and getting ready for family to come over. We just got the game on in there <laughs> instead of having Bing Crosby singing White Christmas. And to that point, Chuck says, I'd rather watch Arkansas State versus Northern Illinois on repeat than to watch 15 seconds of most ESPN talking heads. Well, see, that's the thing. Chuck, if they had a live sporting event each day to replace their talking head shows, they'd replace it just like that. They wouldn't even hesitate. The only reason those folks are on TV with jobs is because they got to fill that time with something. Now, my theory in large part, like especially for an SEC network, my theory over the years has been they'd actually have more eyeballs watching if they showed replays of classic games during some of those time slots than people sitting up there talking to each other. But nobody asked me those things <laughs> except you. Oh. And maybe I'm not as smart as I come across sometimes. Maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe that's what it is. I don't think it is. All right, look here. Your texts, your thoughts on that subject, all coming up next. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go! With the home team. Stick around. Okay, hear me out. They turn baseball stadiums into football venues all the time. They do it all the time. You know, they used to do it every game, home game, for the old Oakland Raiders, right? When they'd play at whatever their deal was. What's the name of that place? You know, remember every every Raiders home game, they're like playing on infield dirt. Okay, they used to do that, yeah. But the point is, even bowl games, they do one at Fenway. They do one at Yankee Stadium. We don't have anything near those venues around here. We don't. But the point is this. It happens all the time. It's very easily doable. Turning a baseball venue into a football venue. Uh, for example, what's the name of the park? Why can't I think of it now? Ah, I'm just drawing a complete and utter blank. On the name of the park in Hoover, the Hoover Met, uh, Metropolitan Stadium at the Hoover Met, that hosts the SEC baseball tournament, that thing throughout the year hosts Hoover High School football games. They put a football, use the stands, use a press box, some bleachers on one side, football venue. Remember the old Poinsettia Bowl? Yeah, Tampa Bay Rays. State played in there. <laughs> we went... Uh, it was 2016. State finished the year of five wins. Got sent to the Poinsettia Bowl to play Miami of Ohio in uh, Tropicana. Isn't that the name of it? Tropicana Field. 
where the Tampa Bay Rays play baseball and turn it into a football venue. I made some people angry at me because I tweeted before the game, you can tell a lot about a venue by the height of the goalposts. <laughs> they had the little short ones, and they can put the tall ones in there. And then a little bit short goalposts. <laughs> and, um, but it was neat, you know, just different. It was odd. I remember we went down, and we were walking around down there on what, it was about the 10-yard line, but it was normally like the first baseline and over in front of the first base dugout. And it kind of smelled like like tobacco spit. <laughs> That's what the turf smelled like. like it, smelled, it didn't smell like football in here. But, hey, it can be done is the point. You know, I, who does Trustmark Park belong to? Who owns it? Do the Braves own it or is Pearl on it? Same thing. I mean, I think I don't think the Braves own it. Same thing as um, same thing with the deal on the coast. I remember interviewing the guy who, you know, brought that baseball there, team there and built the park. But you got the the deal on the coast now. I mean, you turn that venue. If you got a way to put bleachers on one side, or maybe not, but turn that venue into a a football place, have a bowl game. Look, it can be done. I'm just telling you. I think it can be done. All right, let's get in some text messages on the subject. Let me see if I can get caught up. Oh, also, by the way, just a friendly reminder, you do have the JUCO National Championship game on television tonight. Uh, all the information says that it's going to kick off at 7 o'clock Central, Little Rock. Playing a team from Iowa for the National JUCO Championship. I'll be watching. Miko reminded me, former Northwest Rankin standout, Brendan Brown is a part of the East Mississippi Community College football team. All right. So there's a local tie. Also, another reason to pull for him. Tim texts the show and says, I don't see where we need one. Talking about a bowl game, to be honest with you. Joe Mailman says, if you have one, Call it the Catfish Bowl. <laughs> Why are we on that? Gino, all right. Gino says, call it the Catfish Bowl, brought to you by Simmons Catfish. Let's call them and see. I think it's actually a great idea. But where are you going to put it? <laughs> How you get it? Who do you lobby to get it on the schedule? Uh, Brando says, Hey, Beaver, I'm assuming you read Brando's text to the show already. Brando said, does the new phone number mean a new producer? And then he said, say yes. Brando, what you got against Beaver? Really, what has he ever done to you? We don't want a new producer. We do have a new phone number, though. Everything's the same except three digits. The 995 is gone. Call me now on the Divini Equipment phone line. The number to call, 897-1059. Repeat after me, 897-1059. That's the number to call. More Bully may be on to it. He says, bring on the country pleasing bowl. Okay. The country pleasing Mississippi blues bowl. It's got to have a tie-in, right? Maybe not. Tyler says, do a bowl at the vet between... <laughs> Tyler, you're not being serious. 
He says, do a bowl at the vet between the absolute two last qualifiers. Call it the Kohler Toilet Bowl. Play it up. Make it the most ridiculously fun bowl, period, like Savannah Banana style. Be different, right? Be a blue, uh, purple cow. Ah, uh, Godin, Seth Godin, that his name, who had the story of the, the marketing and advertising story, that analogy story that he told about uh, the purple cow. How many cows have you passed in your life when you're driving down the road? How many of them did you stop just to look at, take a picture of? Zero, right? You, you passed millions of cows, didn't stop to take a picture of one. But if you were driving one day past a field and you looked and there was a purple cow, would you stop? Maybe. Probably. Would you take a picture? Most likely. <laughs> Be the purple cow. <laughs> uh, Grizz says... That's right, Candlestick Park. They used to turn it into a football venue all the time. Okay, so somebody told me that the Braves own the stadium and the city of Pearl owns the parking lot. Well, does that present a problem, though? I mean, there's a way to do that. They're not playing baseball in there this time of year. It's just sitting there. Of course, I guess you, it's not turf, though. That's the thing. It's natural grass. Maybe you have an issue there. Need a, need a turf surface no not necessarily you just need to keep it up keep the grass alive um, Anthony from Tupelo says where the Biloxi Shuckers play would be a good site for a bowl game yes yeah, what I was thinking Anthony you know from when it's baseball obviously press box up there behind home plate you can see out over the wall and across the road out into the ocean out by the, you can certainly see the casino. I'm, I'm sorry, the hotel and casino. <laughs> you can certainly see all of that. And I'm just wondering how landlocked. I've been down there, you know, and there's parking, but in terms of, you just wouldn't have seating on one side of it. Like it's not like you're going to bring in seating. Well, maybe you would though. Maybe you could position it that way. Right? Like use home plate. First baseline is kind of one side, and then shortstop and outfield beyond shortstop to be the other side and sideline, and you you may have a way to bring in temporary seating, but you wouldn't necessarily have to. And some of these other games don't. I mean, it's absolutely doable. Right? David points out that Georgia State, their home field is the old Braves baseball field. That's it. They uh, Turner Field was downtown Atlanta, directly adjacent to where um, Atlanta Fulton County Stadium used to be. Of course, they imploded, knocked that down. The only thing they left, they turned it into a parking lot and left the one section of wall where Hank Aaron's record home run went over the fence. You can go take a picture in front of it if you want to. And they built Turner Field and opened it up in 96, started playing there. And when they left and went north to Cobb County, they sold Turner Field to Georgia State University, who turned it into a football stadium. And that's it. They play their home games there. And, of course, they have that season opening game. Jackson State's played it in a couple of years, season opening game there uh, in Atlanta. Jason and Flagstaff text the show and says, have I missed anything today? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Not much. Um. Now, look, we can laugh at ourselves. If we can't laugh at ourselves, then, then we're part of the problem. 
And AB on the live stream, the Murray West live thread says, he says, hey, Matt, if they were to play a bowl game in Jackson at Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium, it would only have one name. Call it the Pothole Bowl. <laughs> now, come on. It is not like we're the only ones got potholes. Like I said, I, okay, there may be some beautiful, beautiful sections of Shreveport, Louisiana. When I drove through it recently, I sure didn't see any of it. Just being honest. And from the highway, you can't see any of the beautiful parts. <laughs> it looks rough. And they got potholes, too. Buddy texted me and said, Memphis does a great job on baseball for the Redbirds and MFC soccer. He said, it's really neat to see it change from baseball to soccer. And if you can change baseball stadium into a soccer stadium, you can absolutely change it into a football stadium for sure. He says, and then you walk to rendezvous. Yeah. You better keep your head on a swivel, but you can do it. <laughs> Well, anyway, you know, I, it seems to me that, you know, everybody looks to see what's the advantage to them. And from a from a state perspective, I think it would be cool. And I do think it would be doable, you know, logistically, financially. How does it all work out? I'm sure people have thought about it and have come up and, and hit in, run into some roadblocks. I'm sure they have. But the idea of whether or not it's doable and whether or not ESPN would love to have another game to broadcast, I guarantee you they would. All right. Time left with you. Stick around. All right. Back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Um, Mike in Madison, he texted the show, and he said, I remembered you mentioning the old Braves field and the Hank Aaron home run wall. Yeah, it's a parking lot next to what used to be Turner Field, downtown Atlanta. It's where they imploded Atlanta Fulton County Stadium in around 94, 90, well, 95, turned it into a parking lot for the adjacent stadium, and, and that was all about the time of the Olympics and those kinds of things. They left a section of the wall out there that you can, when you park in that parking lot or go to it, you can see the section of the wall and the spot where Hank Aaron's home run ball went over the record home run ball. And you park there, and you can kind of see where you were. I think they even have it outlined where the initial base path was at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. And he says, I know you, uh, you mentioned that. He says, you, you may have mentioned this, but it's cool to Google map it, and you can see that parking lot with baselines and the wall. Pretty cool. And uh, I do remember that um, because I remember going in there and parking in the spot we we're in. I was looking around and I said, hey, we're on first base. Look at this. <laughs> we're on first base. Chris Chandler used to play over here. And of course, it's all pavement now. It's a little sad, but hey, progress, right? Progress. Um, P. Lahatchie Rick, Texas, and he says, why not rotate a bowl game between MSU Ole Miss and Southern Miss? They kind of are doing that with the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game already. Now, my, my unnamed texter who brought up the bowl game in Mississippi stuff already, 
he responded and said, name it the Delta Blues Bowl presented by PV Electronics. Tie-in, Sunbelt versus American. Now, that'd be awesome. Then uh, you got a Mississippi Blues musician plays a concert at midfield following the game. Or maybe during halftime, right? And while you're there, you honor a Mississippi football legend every year. Peyton, Rice, McNair, somebody like that. I think it's a fantastic idea. You know, it sounds so good. It's almost like too good to be true. And you wonder, like, why hasn't it happened? There must be some major roadblock to this. What what do you got to do to make it happen? And I think probably what it takes is somebody, you know, the whole idea of success follows passion. Somebody that's so passionate about making it happen that they just make it happen. Go kick down every door that's in the way. Well, Beaver texted me a minute ago. <laughs> um, he got it wrong at first, but now he's got it right. It's more bully on line one. He is our second caller on the new number. The new number to the show, 897-1059. What's up, more bully? What's going on, Matt? Not much. How are you? I'm just passing a Sonic billboard. How about that? So Big what? Big old corn dog on it. <laughs> Big old corn dog. There you go. Hey, um, I, I kind of didn't get that whole story about you found out you wound up being on first base. Oh, okay. But so think, you, here's the deal. When you park in that parking lot beside what used to be Turner Field, you're parking where Atlanta Fulton County Stadium used to be and they uh, they imploded it and made it a parking lot see and so you're parking uh, where the stadium used to be and in that parking lot they have the commemorative wall out there where hank aaron's home run ball would have gone over the fence in left field but they have it outlined in the parking lot the original base paths that were a part of atlanta fulton county stadium before they blew it up and so you're parking and you can look you're parking in the spot where first base used to be it's just a problem. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have an interesting story about the Mississippi Braves. So, when they were announced they were coming, um, I was working for a sports training place. Yeah. And so we had ties into what was going on. It was basically a baseball training facility. And um, I got to go to the groundbreaking ceremony. So, we were literally in the middle of some woods. And they had already had home plate uh, put down, and that gave everybody a hat. And I still have that hat. It says, Mississippi Braves established 1996. And I still wear that hat to this day. That's cool. How about that? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Did you get to hold, hey, the, hold, the, co- did you get to hold the commemorative shovel like you were fixing to dig a hole with it for the photo? I wasn't that important at that <laughs> <laughs> Don't know that I am now either. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> hey, uh, how about this? How about the uh, Country Pleasing Bowl sponsored by the official tractor Kubota? Yeah. And all the players are insured by Farm Bureau. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know, I like the way you think. I like oh. the way you think. I got a better idea. And the uniforms are done by, uh, what is it, Murray? Yeah, Murray West. They embroider the uniforms. Yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah, they'll do the uniforms. I got a better idea, though. You remember I had the story last week, the little girl in Tupelo who finished in the top ten at the the National Cornbread Cook-Off? Yeah. What if we talked to 
the folks at Country Pleasing and try to organize a a like a a, a sausage cook-off down there, and ha- and have judges. It could be any dish using their country pleasing sausage, and we have a big old sausage festival, <laughs> and have a cook have a cook-off, have winners, live music. Hey, and you hadn't scared me yet. I just want to be a judge. I'm going to be one of the judges. That's all it is. I the only stipulation is I must be a part of the judges panel every year. Um, I like it. Man. Hey, I think we're yeah, on to something. Take, take, take you plenty of Nexium and uh, some Toms on the side. Right. You'll be good to go. Well, see, what we do is, since it's in Florence, before the event, we get Brother Terry Fant from Hickory Ridge to come out and do yep. like a prayer yep. prayer and a devotion on gluttony. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You know, just That's make sure it. we get our heads. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, That's funny right there. No, but really, I, I think uh, I'd say this. If they can do it for cornbread, we can sure do it for country-pleasing sausage. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you don't, do you like sauerkraut by chance? Uh, yeah, I like it okay. I, I do. Okay. We just had sauerkraut and uh, the crawfish country-pleasing the other day. Oh, come on. I Ooh. bet that was great. Man. It was incredible. Hey, I it tell you what so I've got. I, I finally I got my hands on the duck and pork sausage, and I have not eaten it yet. Oh, I got that to... in the freezer. Yeah. He gave me some that day. Did you eat any of it yet? But you, you or no? Not yet. I hadn't okay. gotten to the duck yet. I'm fixing to get to it myself. So. Yeah, I'll probably get to it this weekend, maybe. Attaboy. boy. I don't know. But, yeah. man, that sauerkraut and crawfish sausage was... <laughs> that sounds good. It, when I say stupid... It was stupid. <laughs> it was stupid good. <laughs> stupid with two O's. Okay, got gotcha. you. That's it. All right. All right, brother. All right, man. See you. See you, man. Appreciate it. Oh, more bully. He's got me hungry. I meant to try that. I hadn't thought about that combination. Hey, any duck hunters out there? Let me give you a heads up. I know there are many. There's a really cool thing you may not be aware of at the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks website, mdwfp.com. Uh, you can also find this link on their Facebook page, too. They they got like hundreds of thousands of followers on their Facebook page also. MDWFP, Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. It's called the Weekly Waterfowl Report. We're in duck season. A weekly waterfowl report. Okay, and they published the most recent one yesterday. And listen to what it says. Uh, you know, waterfowl season's in full swing. Harvest reports from public and private lands are managed uh, with managed water, uh, were very hit or miss over the past weekend. Okay, and so this is like recent stuff. Listen to this. Wetland habitat availability is still very far below normal levels for this time of year across much of Mississippi. So this goes back to this drought we just had. Wetland habitat availability Still very far below normal levels for this time of year across much of Mississippi, but parts of the state receives a much-needed rainfall over the weekend, totaling one inch or more. Land managers are reminded to monitor water levels as more rainfall is received and to maintain water levels at optimum foraging depths for dabbling ducks of around 12 to 18 inches. What types of waterfowl have people been able to um, harvest over the past week. 
Northern shovelers, green wing teal, gadwall, and wood ducks make up a significant portion of waterfowl harvest reports again last week. However, some areas still reported successful hunts with mallards and pintails. Snow, blue, rosses, and white-fronted goose numbers have started to increase. We talked about those yesterday. But here's the other thing, too. If you scroll to the bottom of it, they actually have numbers that they have been able to record from the different wildlife management areas around the entire state and average birds per hunter per day for each of these areas. For example... From what I'm looking at here, the most average birds per hunter per day came from the Howard Miller Wildlife Management Area at almost what 5.6 per hunter per day. After that, the most Muscadine Farms, 3.69 birds per day. Then you got the Mahana Wildlife Management Area, 3.1 birds per day. And you can look through these areas across the entire state and see what was reported. It's really neat. So if you're a duck hunter or if you're just interested in it, you need to know that that is there for you. Again, you can find a link on their Facebook page as well or just go to mdwfp.com. Look for Weekly Wing Beat Waterfowl Report. They just put one out yesterday. It's really fascinating. All right. Hour two for today. Show number three for the week in the books. We'll be back tomorrow same time, same place. For Beaver, I'm Matt. See y'all tomorrow in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. See you then. See ya!